And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day, despite the fact that it is also a day of another greatly unnecessary and uh, pointless and destructive mass shooting. Five victims confirmed in Midtown Atlanta. One dead, uh, four hospitalized. The suspect still at large. He's been identified as 24-year-old Dion Patterson. He is armed and dangerous to the public. And uh, large crowds of people are being evacuated to a Marriott Hotel in Midtown Atlanta after five people were shot today at the Northside Hospital Midtown Medical Office building nearby. What's striking about this case is the suspect uh, was actually going to a mental health care appointment. His mother was taking him. He's 24. And uh, the idea that uh, a suspect like this, who obviously, I think it's safe to say at this point, has uh, psychiatric problems. Uh, okay, okay, he did not have an AR-15 style gun. He did not have a semi-automatic weapon. Apparently, he shot these people with a handgun. Uh, they are now looking for them, uh, looking for him. The large crowds of people are being evacuated to a Marriott Hotel. The uh, one person was killed in the shooting, and the shooter remains at large, according to Atlanta police. It was not clear if those being moved to the 14th Hotel were hospital employees. Police know he left the building, and they put up a mile perimeter. And uh, he is uh, wearing a hoodie, despite what I assume is fairly warm uh, weather in uh, Atlanta. And uh, the police obviously are looking to apprehend him. Uh, and his mother apparently survived. She is not injured. And the police are trying to work with her to try to establish where it is that this uh, Dion Patterson would have gone. With all of that going on, there was also a close call, or was it, uh, in the Kremlin. Uh, the claim by the Russian government that uh, the Zelensky regime, as they call it, the legal elected government of Ukraine, had dispatched a, a couple of drones to assassinate Vladimir Putin. And at least in some of the footage provided by the Kremlin, it looks like uh, they came pretty close with a pretty good-sized explosion near the Senate building of the Kremlin, which is a part of where Putin has his residence. Apparently, he doesn't spend much time there, and he wasn't there at the time. But uh, we will be speaking to a four-star general about what this means for the war in Ukraine. Uh, the Russians are claiming... Uh, that there will be consequences because of this attack. Uh, the Ukrainian government completely denying any involvement, uh, saying they had absolutely nothing to do with this. They did not make any attempt to assassinate Putin. And the fear, of course, being that the Russian government will use this as the pretext for more attacks and more devastating attacks on civilians. What happened to that uh, Ukrainian counteroffensive that we were supposed to be seeing? And uh, how is the war going now? We'll be speaking to General Barry McCaffrey, a four-star general, about what exactly is happening. 
And uh, more news. The uh, last night, the authorities in Texas uh, were able to apprehend that that truly evil and repulsive, cold-blooded killer who uh, killed the five people, his neighbors, including a nine-year-old boy. Uh, there's some of the earlier accounts said it was an eight-year-old boy. Apparently, he was nine. But uh, the he was the son of uh, Wilson Garcia, who is the guy who owned the house. His wife died. Uh, there were other women who died while they were trying to shelter their small children, and the children were covered by their mother's blood. I mean, just an unspeakable thing. Well, they, they got the guy, and they've also arrested his um, companion who was helping to hide him under a bunch of laundry. We will get to that story as well. And uh, meanwhile, there is... Uh, <laughs> No agreement yet on anything other than uh, that next week uh, President Biden is going to get together with Speaker McCarthy and they're going to try to work out uh, the situation with the debt ceiling so that that our economy doesn't collapse and get ruined. And uh, there is a front page story uh, about speculation on the part of people who are high up in the Biden administration uh, claiming that, wait a minute, this whole thing with the debt ceiling, uh, it's uh, protected by the Constitution. The Constitution says in the 14th Amendment, we keep full faith and credit, we pay our debts. So that means that they don't need the approval of Congress. They don't need the approval of the Republicans and of the Democrats and to get enough votes to actually raise the debt ceiling. So the whole thing is a false, false alarm. Does that have any constitutional validity at all? We will get to that. And then uh, the question about the upcoming crisis on the border, where there are a lot of people, including people who are supporters of immigration, like Jason Riley in the Wall Street Journal, who are saying, wait a minute, this, this could actually change everything in terms of the presidential election because it is such a disaster for Biden and the tidal wave with the end of Title 42, the tidal wave that is heading toward our border is going to completely destroy any chance of Biden actually winning the election. And then, oh yes, there's that um, item that the killer in uh, Cleveland, Texas, had been deported at least four times. I mean, surely, surely, if there's a bad guy who you have found reason to deport. In his case, part of the bad guyness had to do with drunk driving. But uh, right now, what it has to do with is mass murder. How come we can't, if you're deporting someone four different times, keep that person away from the United States and outside our borders? Uh, we will get to that. Uh, here is a one-minute uh, uh, eyewitness report of uh, uh, this is of what happened in Atlanta, uh, and uh, listen. I was meeting a friend for lunch and uh, saw Atlanta police uh, rushing the building, and there was a very heavy and quick response. And uh, they asked us to stay put in the restaurant until the situation was under control and everything. 
I feel I never felt like I was personally in any danger. They did a great job. So where where was the uh, where's the restaurant in relation to, to the building where it was in it was part of the big building, but it was directly adjacent to the office where everything happened. So it it was right next to it, but not directly attached to it. Do you recall hearing or seeing anything that was a little off before all the police came? No, the uh, police were the first thing that I saw. So the first thing that we noticed looking out the restaurant window was all the cops coming in and rushing. So I didn't hear or see anything. And then once you learned that there was potentially an active shooter, what, what did you do next? Uh, we just stayed put. Uh, I Again, I never felt like we were in any danger. The, the Atlanta police came in and were very quickly on the scene and had everything surrounded in the situation. I never felt was out of control. So, Heads up. So we, just, we just stayed put until... Uh, we just, we, just, we just stayed put in the restaurant until the police came and said that we could leave. Okay, as of 10 minutes ago, they have lifted the shelter-in-place order in Midtown Atlanta. The police know he left the building, and they put up a mile-wide perimeter. Uh, They're receiving several random calls from folks uh, thinking they've identified him, Uh, but it's apparently not him. He's not the only one wearing a hoodie. Uh, in downtown Atlanta. We will be back with more on all these breaking stories and the background on the so-called Kremlin attack. Really an assassination plot against Vladimir Putin? We'll get to that on the Medved Show. The Michael Medved Show. Concerning the ongoing manhunt for uh, Dion Patterson, who is a 24-year-old mental patient who just shot five people in Atlanta, murdered one of them. The other three of the other four who were wounded are in critical condition. Uh, A K.J. Johnson, a U.S. Air Force veteran from Alpharetta, Georgia, was with his son on the ninth floor of the Northside Hospital Midtown Medical Center when he heard the pops. He said there were about 20 patients inside the waiting room of the medical imaging office at the time, but credits the staff with keeping everybody calm. Doors were quickly locked and the patients were brought back to a, a back room until police arrived and everybody was allowed to leave. I had no idea that something like this would happen, said Johnson, who served 21 years in the military. There is now some speculation on cable news that uh, the shooter, uh, 24 years old, uh, obviously he was uh, in the hospital to uh, uh, live up to with his mother, brought there by his mother, because he had a, a patient regarding uh, an appointment regarding his mental health. And um, look, this is one of the reasons that red flag laws make all the difference. I mean, they're making one of the points that uh, in Georgia, uh, for getting the kind of handgun that he used apparently in the shooting, uh, there's no waiting period. Uh, there's no difficulty, there's no restriction in terms of concealed carry. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's really tough when there's uh, somebody like this who 
they are now associating with a potential carjacking, which may have gotten them out of the mile-long perimeter in, in which the police had imposed around the hospital. Atlanta City Councilman Amir Faroqi released a statement calling for increased gun control measures while police still search for the suspect of a shooting in his midtown district. I hope uh, APD, Atlanta Police Department, apprehends the shooter quickly. So do we all. Please, God. Uh, Faroqi told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, My heart hurts for those injured and the family of the deceased. Gun violence has become a daily occurrence in our country. We cannot let it become normalized, he added. The past, the time is past due for common-sense gun reform. We all deserve to feel safe everywhere. And there's this um, other incident, uh, this not in Georgia, but in Texas, which was the uh, shooting uh, of and murder of five people uh, by Francisco Oropesa, who was a Mexican national. He was uh, deported from the United States at least four times. There are some sources that say he was deported five times and kept finding a way back into the country. And uh, the CNN reports accused shooter Francisco Oropesa, 38-year-old Mexican national, is being held on five counts of murder. The bond is set at $5 million. I'm, I'm thinking he's going to not be able to raise the $5 million. Uh, he is expected to appear in court today to be read the charges, which could be upgraded to capital murder, which is a death penalty offense in Texas, which is appropriate because, look, they've tried to deport him outside the United States at least four times. One place you can deport him where he can't come back is Hades. And uh, for an individual like this with a story like this, it uh, says at uh, CNN, Oropesa's partner, Devimara Lamar Nava, uh, faces a charge of hindering apprehension or prosecution of, an, or prosecution of a known felon, a third-degree felony, uh, online sheriff's records show. She was arrested in the same place in Montgomery County where Oropesa was found yesterday night, yesterday evening, uh, stowed under a pile of laundry, according to case records in the San Jacinto County Sheriff Greg Capers, who really seems like a sympathetic and capable guy. Law enforcement had tracked Nava to the home associated with the relative of Oropesa, a law enforcement uh, source told uh, CNN. Uh, this is um, uh, the way that the uh, Cleveland, Texas sheriff uh, Greg Capers uh, talked about the phone tech uh, used to arrest the Texas mass murder suspect. Listen. Just uh, once we got the uh, federal help with the electronic equipment and the phone analysis, then we could we could tell that he wasn't people he was contacting were in the area and never left. Was he using a cell phone? Cell phone? Was he, using a cell phone? What phone was he, using? he did have a cell phone. Somebody, he must have picked that up after. He had another cell phone, yes. So like a burner phone? I don't know yet. Is his wife one of the people arrested? I can't go into that right now. 
Um, the uh, uh, the San Jacinto County Sheriff, again, Greg Capers, talks about how the suspect was found. Listen. Bottom line is, we now have this man in custody. He was caught hiding in a closet underneath some laundry. They effectively made the arrest. He is uninjured, and he is currently being taken to my facility in Cold Springs. Uh, Oropesa is accused of fatally shooting five people uh, Friday night after he was asked to stop firing his rifle outdoors near his neighbor's home. Wilson Garcia, whose wife and son were killed, and two others had asked Oropesa to shoot on the other side of his property. He had been drinking. And so he was firing his AR-15, having a great time, I'm sure. Uh, because the gunfire was waking Garcia's baby, he told CNN. The suspect refused to go to the other side of the property for his gunshots and soon unleashed gunfire into the home where Garcia's family was gathered, he said. They were gathered because they were in the process of organizing a church event for the church in which they are active. They were all uh, Honduran nationals. The massacre is among more than 180 U.S. mass shootings so far this year. Year isn't half over yet. The victims and, and this one were all Honduran nationals having been identified as Garcia's wife, who is 25, her son, Garcia, uh, Garcia's son, Daniel, who was nine, uh, Dana Velasquez Alvarado, who is 21, and Julissa Molina Rivera, 31, and Jose Jonathan Cesarez, who's 18. At least four times since 2009, Oropesa had entered the U.S. unlawfully and been deported, according to ICE. An immigration judge first removed him in March 2009 before he was deported again in September 2009, January 2012, and July 2016. We'll be speaking to General Barry McCaffrey about an assassination attempt, question mark, on Putin. That and more coming up. The Michael Medved Show. A General Barry McCaffrey served in the United States Army for 32 years. When he retired in 1996... He was the most decorated general serving in the U.S. Army, having been awarded three Purple Heart Medals for wounds received in combat, two Distinguished Service Crosses, and uh, two Silver Stars for Valor. He uh, has also served our country in civilian capacities as head of the federal government's Drug Control Council. Um, general McCaffrey, there's so much to talk about. But I wanted to speak specifically about the headline that says in the Washington Post, Kremlin says Ukraine sent two drones to attack Vladimir Putin. Uh, do you think that this is an accurate charge? Could it be true that the Ukrainian government of Vladimir Zelensky sent these drones uh, to hit the Kremlin to take out Vladimir Putin? Michael, uh, it's comical. Um, there is zero p 
possibility that the Ukrainian government tried to assassinate Mr. Putin, never mind by using two short-range drones, uh, which detonated before they struck the Kremlin in the middle of the night. So it's utter nonsense. It makes you wonder, what are they thinking of? They're desperate. They're fearful of the pending Ukrainian uh, counterattack with the nine new NATO-equipped armor brigades. Um, Putin sees no way out. Is this a signal, false flag signal, of desperation and escalation of the conflict? That's what we got to be concerned about. Well, the, the Russian authorities say that this was an attempt to respond to Victory Day, which is May 9th, where they have those gigantic parades and celebrations of uh, Russia's victory over uh, Nazi Germany. Uh, is, uh, uh, does that begin to sort of connect the dots here? Is that one of the reasons that they're deciding to make this claim now? about uh, Ukrainian murderous intentions? Well, look, none of this hangs together, Michael. It just makes, it's all illogical. I mean, Putin would have had to have been standing on the roof of the Kremlin bareheaded uh, to become a legitimate target for a, sort of a minor charge on an unmanned aerial vehicle. So it, it just wasn't there. Um, and it's he hard wasn't to know there. what they're up Putin to. Putin wasn't there. They said he wasn't, he wasn't in the building. Right. Yeah, he wasn't, you know, he, he's rarely in the Kremlin. He has a couple of thousand security people. He's got a DACA a well outside Moscow. That's normally where he is. Um, but again, it, it, it's so illogical. Uh, it's so obviously fraudulent. Uh, the question is, who did do it? You know, was this a Russian um, provocative act against Putin, against the Ukrainians? It's hard to know. The only thing we are sure of is that Putin is desperate. He's politically getting on untenable ground. His military has bogged down, have achieved none of their strategic purposes. Uh, NATO is united. He's in an economic constraint from a global economy, and he's an international pariah. So I think the desperation ought to be a concern by the West, by NATO, by the European Union. Uh, by the United States. What about the hint from the Kremlin that uh, they will strike back with all the weapons they have, which, of course, people hear that and they think of tactical nuclear weapons. Do you think that's a real danger right now? Well, again, if Putin is going unstable, uh, and by the way, his former... The former president of Russia, Menevdev, actually uh, argued in public today for the assassination of Zelensky and his senior clique. I listen to Russian TV translated uh, every night. It is astonishing the demented language uh, out of nationalist figures on Russian state TV, which apparently Putin himself listens to incessantly, meaning it's totally approved by him. So um, it's a worry. I think uh, the Biden administration is properly taking into account uh, trying to not allow this war to escalate. Uh, but there's a certain element of desperation that should give us a real pause here. Uh, in terms of the, um, the, the new equipment 
that uh, the Zelensky regime has received and uh, the potential for a major counteroffensive. Uh, do you think things are going well for the uh, Ukrainian fight for survival and independence now? Well, both countries are in trouble. Ukraine suffered massive casualties. Also, um, their uh, civilian infrastructure is a main target of attack by the Russian uh, Air Force and Navy, uh, with thousands of civilians killed, injured, infrastructure destroyed. Uh, their economies in tatters uh, also. So I think uh, this coming summer will clearly be a turning point for Ukraine. Uh, they do have a massive counterattack force equipped and trained by the West, uh, which is uh, ready to go. My assumption is it'll be another several weeks before things dry out in Ukraine for a um, high-intensity combat. Um, and this outcome is, is uncertain. The Russians are massive in size, dug in. Uh, they've mined their frontages. Um, they've been told, don't pull back or we'll shoot you by their own authorities. Uh, so it's going to be a tough fight. And uh, we got to hope that Ukraine is able to dramatically change the, the battlefield condition. That's their challenge. Can they get the Russian army to unravel, yes or no? Uh, forcing Putin politically onto uh, untenable ground at home and perhaps changing the political trajectory of this war. There's a lot at stake. And then with all of that at stake, uh, what could the United States and our allies uh, do next to increase the chances, the possibility for a Ukrainian victory? Well, I'm, I've been somewhat uh, disappointed, to be blunt, uh, that we have not equipped them uh, with um, a greater quantity of deep strike weapons. The ATACMS missile that can get out there 300 kilometers, uh, anti-ship missiles. Um, we have given them clearly a massive amount of uh, you know, the contact groups, uh, 50 some odd nations have given them probably $40 billion dollars. Uh, humanitarian aid, economic aid, military aid. So it's been a, a pretty sizable response by the West. But I think the concern appropriate for the president to worry about it, um, escalation has not al allowed us to do the right thing. Uh, the Ukrainians need to place at risk their military forces in Crimea and also in adjoining areas of Russia from which they are attacking civilian targets. Uh, so I think we've, uh, we've been too hesitant to provide them. You know, even things like Abrams tanks, we told them we'd give them one battalion's worth in a couple of years. And then today they were uh, proudly telling me, well, they've upped it, now they'll be there in a few more months. We have literally hundreds, thousands of Abrams tanks parked in the desert in the United States. So, again, I think we've, we've been somewhat intimidated by Putin's uh, threats and the potential for escalation. I, I sure uh, hope that uh, the people in authority will listen to your sound advice. Some of the uh, most recent commentary by General McCaffrey is posted at our website at michaelmedved.com. 
Godspeed to you, sir, and thank you for your service and your wisdom on this issue. We'll be right back. Um, in the New York Post today, it's uh, by a commentator named Dalibor Rohak, and he said, uh, these signs point to Ukrainian victory sooner than critics think. Insanity, they say, consists of doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. It's usually attributed to Albert Einstein having said that. Russia's effort to push ever more of its poorly trained, under-equipped men into the meat grinder around Bakhmut, where 20,000 of them have already died since December, the Pentagon estimates, fits the definition of insanity perfectly. Russian commanders continued obstinacy following months of World War I-style trench warfare, reeks of a fear of reprisals by President Vladimir Putin, who was desperate to point to a modicum of progress in his invasion ahead of the annual 9th, a May 9th military parade on Red Square. Uh, together with the uh, fissure that has opened up between Yevgeny Prigozhin, head of the Wagner Group, which has been in charge of Russian attacks around Bakhmut, and the Russian defense minister, these are signs the highly anticipated Ukrainian counteroffensive might live up to the hype. His closing, yet the tide has turned. Ukrainians' victory, uh, Ukrainians' victory and possibly collapse of Russia's regime might be closer than those predicting a long war suggest the, the the great prayer the great hope would be that things turn very decisively as general mccaffrey was telling us when things dry up uh, a little bit in terms of the landscape which is uh, still damp and cold the um they're reporting in the Washington Post, the allegation of an assassination attempt, which is the allegation the Russians made about these drones, uh, that are two aerial drones that exploded in, in midair. There was no damage done to the Kremlin. This was not a close call. Uh, the allegation of an assassination attempt, which could not be independently confirmed, was made in a statement shared by the Kremlin press service with Russian state news agencies... It was made this afternoon uh, in the overnight hours early Wednesday. Uh, the Kiev regime attempted a drone strike on the Kremlin residence of the president of the Russian Federation. The statement said two drones were aimed at the Kremlin. We regard these actions as a planned terrorist act and an attempt on the life of the president of the Russian Federation carried out on the eve of Victory Day, the May 9th parade, the Kremlin said, referring to the annual commemoration of the... So the statement said, around 4.30 p.m. local time today, that's Wednesday, uh, air raid sirens began sounding in Kiev, the Ukrainian capital, but the alert uh, ended a few minutes later without incident. Ukraine quickly denied any involvement. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's press secretary said Kyiv, quote, has no information about the so-called nighttime attacks on the Kremlin. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said during Washington Post live event that the United States cannot confirm reports of an attack, adding that any such accounts from Russia 
should be taken with a very large shaker of salt. Earlier Wednesday, Russia's Federal Security Service, the FSB, said that it has dismantled a Ukrainian military intelligence network, they say, that was preparing assassination attempts on the leaders in Crimea. Uh, the Ukrainians say, of course, there is nothing like that uh, going on. In an interview with the Washington Post today, the Ukrainian defense minister, whose name is Alexei Reznikov, uh, did not respond directly to Kremlin accusations that Ukraine had launched an assassination attempt against Putin. Quote, every day and every night, Russia is officially terrorizing the Ukraine's civil population, uh, Minister Reznikov said, adding that Ukraine's air defenses downed 17 of 18 Iranian-made drones launched at Ukraine overnight on Tuesday. If some officials from the Kremlin are trying to accuse somebody, they can accuse themselves, he said. The um, uh, claim from uh, high-ranking Russian officials, from the uh, Vyacheslav Volodin, who is Speaker of the Lower House of the Russian Parliament, he posted a fiery statement on his Telegram channel saying that a terrorist act against President Putin is an attack on Russia itself. Well, of course, when you talk about a leader of that magnitude, uh, politicians in Western countries who are pumping weapons to the Zelensky regime must realize that they have become not only sponsors but also direct accomplices of terrorist activities, said uh, Volodin. Uh, there can be no negotiations with the Zelensky regime. We will demand the use of weapons capable of stopping and destroying the Kiev terrorist regime. You may remember they began the war. The entire goal of the war, as they announced it, was that uh, they were um, uh, going to decapitate the Ukrainian regime, which had replaced uh, a Russian puppet regime. Uh, it's actually, there are a couple of replacements before that, but they had the... Uh, Russian puppet regime, uh, which was profoundly corrupt, which had been uh, uh, undone by, I believe they called it the Orange Revolution. Uh, meanwhile, back here in uh, the United States, the, uh, uh, the, the way that uh, uh, international news, BBC, covered the Russian allegation... It uh, sounded uh, like this. This is Russia has accused Ukraine of launching two drone attacks on the Kremlin in Moscow overnight. Russian officials have called it an attempt on President Putin's life, and they've described it as a terrorist act. Well, just a few minutes ago, the Kremlin press service issued this well, pretty dramatic statement claiming that overnight there had been this Ukrainian drone attack on the residence of the Russian president in the Kremlin. Uh, Vladimir Putin is not believed to have been there at the time. His work schedule continues as normal. So I'm just reading from the statement uh, right now. It says that there were two drones um, that tried to attack the Kremlin. They were intercepted uh, by the Russian military and special services uh, and put out of action. 
Um, as you mentioned, uh, Moscow says that this was a terrorist attack uh, and sees it as an assassination attempt on the life of the Russian president and reserves the right to respond where and when um, the authorities consider necessary. That's the latest from Moscow. And uh, the, uh, the, the latest from uh, Ukraine uh, involves continued preparations for the counter-offensive. There's also another item of international news on something that, because we're so involved with the uh, killer at large in Atlanta right now, and uh, the killer just apprehended in Texas and more, sometimes we forget that we're not the only country that has to deal with this kind of unmitigated evil. There's also a BBC report on a school shooting in Belgrade. Uh, listen. Let's bring you more on the tragedy that has happened in Serbia today. Eight children and a security guard killed in a shooting by a 14-year-old pupil at his elementary school in the Serb capital. Uh, we know another six children, a teacher as well, were wounded. We understand from the press conference we've just been watching that two of them Two of the children are in a critical state. The teacher as well is still in surgery. They are fighting for their lives. Uh, police have arrested the subject, uh, the suspect. He was a student, we understand, who was using his father's gun. And the police told us just in the past few minutes that he did plan the attack in detail. A 14-year-old killer, and this in uh, Serbia, which has seen um, more than an, enough killing. Again... The idea that uh, Serbia, uh, which was part of the communist government of Yugoslavia for years and years and years, would gain independence, that the old Yugoslav regime would be on the ash heap of history where it belonged, and uh, yet evil is still there, a 14-year-old boy. Uh, yes, it is... Uh, worth feeling grateful for the blessings that we continue to have with all of our challenges and troubles and this greatest nation on God's green earth.